Hello, and welcome to the Feminine Genius Podcast. This is a podcast that celebrates all women of God and their unique genius. I'm your host, Rachel Wong. Welcome to this episode of the Feminine Genius Podcast. I am super excited to share this conversation that I had with Heather Kim. You may know her as one-third of the dynamic podcast Abiding Together. And she's also a talented speaker, musician, and an overall amazing woman who really has a heart for God and leading other people to Him. In this episode, I talked to Heather about her personal faith journey, how Abiding Together came to be, and her conviction in the fact that God will always use our stories for His victory. Hi, Heather. Hi, how are you? I'm so, so great. How are you? I'm good. Good. I'm happy to be here with you this morning. Thank you so much. Just as we were getting started with this recording, I was telling you that not too long ago, I saw your husband, Jake, at a young adult event, and we were both fangirling over how awesome you are. And I know that a lot of our listeners here have really been just waiting. They're like, you know, when is Heather going to show up on the podcast? I'm like, I promise I'm on it. So thank you for joining Um, me this morning. Oh, thank you so much. That makes me blush, all that. (laughs) I'm just happy to be with you, yeah. Yeah. So I was wondering if you could start off by sharing a little bit about who you are and what you do right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I... I'm Heather, and uh, I have three kids. I live in Abbotsford, married to Jake. Um, we have our uh, our own ministry called Life Restoration, and we started that in about 2004, and that just came out of really a lot of our journey and story. So before that, we were living in the States because we, um, we both went to Franciscan University of Steubenville, and that's where we met, and... Uh, I've always had a heart for ministry ever since I experienced kind of a deeper conversion and like personal experience of God. When I was like 14 years old, I just had this, I don't know, it was just a desire to share that with other people in a variety of ways. So even as a young teenager, just looking for opportunities to gather together with other teenagers and talk about God or pray or whatever it was. And, and of course there was all those growing pains of, you know, still battling one foot in the world and one foot in my faith um, until that became more solidified and I started to um, get more involved in different ministries and make a decision to really, really, really try to live my life for God in very intentional ways. And so we lived in the States for about 10 years unexpectedly, just after going to Franciscan and we worked in Denver at a huge parish there and um, kind of had our own healing journey. And we both had studied theology and religious education and um, Jake just felt this desire to go back to school and study counseling. And so that's when we moved back to Vancouver. He's from Alabama, which is like a different world completely. Um, But I was so happy that he was willing to come back here because this is definitely 
my home. Like over all the places that I've lived, this has always been home to me. And um, yeah, so I'm glad to be back here. And the beginning of Life Restoration, our ministry was just a desire to share what God had been doing in our life, what he had been teaching us, and and also to be able to bring people into uh, deeper restoration and healing in their own hearts. And we just, every time that we would do any kind of ministry, whether it be youth ministry or RCIA, bring like just adult education, journeying with people, it always came down to the stumbling blocks really were about the things in our own hearts and our own stories that were hard that we didn't know how to get over. And, um, and we just thought, gosh, we really want to help people heal so that they can enter in more fully into their relationship with God, come into a deeper awareness of who he really is, not our perceptions or false images of who he is, um, so that they can experience that and then be a light to those around them. So, so yeah, that's a little bit about us. So we kind of do a variety of things. We partner a lot with the archdiocese, which has been really exciting because there's a lot of great things happening in Vancouver. And, um, yeah, yeah, it's a blessing to be able to do what we're passionate about. Uh, you mentioned something mm-hmm. that I found to be super striking, which was that you had a very powerful encounter with the Lord at age 14. And then how at that age, you had this desire to really bring other people together and to share your faith with others. And when I think back to when I was 14, mm-hmm. I, I certainly was not into my faith or maybe far away from God and definitely wasn't bringing people together to talk about Jesus. And I was wondering if you could share what your life was like prior to that encounter moment. Yeah, there's a lot of different parts to my story as there is for all of us. So, I mean, the general gist is that I grew up in a Catholic home and my parents are Catholic. And uh, so I had faith and faith experiences growing up and going to mass every week and sometimes daily mass with my mom. My mom was the leader of our uh, prayer group in our parish. So, you know, just all of those kind of experiences were around me. Um, but it wasn't personal for me. I just kind of tagged along. And as a normal teenager, you know, I, I just sort of became bored with all of it, looking around the parish and seemingly nobody was interested. This was all my judgments. I mean, you know, who knows what was going on in the hearts of people, but, but my assessment of things was that nobody really liked this. It was pretty boring and I didn't really find a lot of interest in it. And it wasn't until I went on a retreat and it was like a four hour drive away and I went on this retreat and I, I saw people encountering God in a really vibrant way in a personal way. And I, it just sort of clued into me. I was like, this is different than what I've ever seen before. I don't know what this is. Like, this isn't just going to mass or doing the, doing the faith things. This is something that they have a relationship that I don't have. And so I ended up going back the next year. That year was like, I was just observing things, you know, but I was also like, like extremely insecure and, and afraid and shy and like just awkward as all get out. I was so weird as a kid, as most people are when they're 12 and 13, but I was really looking to be happy, but I also had a lot of, a lot of wounds, you know, that were under the surface that no one could see. My brother was really involved in the occult and it was a very scary time being the younger sister. It was very, very scary for me. And, and I, you know, experienced just a tremendous amount of fear. And that really paralyzed me, but nobody knew, nobody knew what was going on. And I think for many of us who've experienced any kind of trauma, that's usually the case is that we feel quite alone in that. And, um, so when I went to this retreat, I was really going there as this broken, young, fearful girl who didn't know if God cared about me because 
in my life, I was asking him to come and intervene and seemingly he wasn't coming, you know? So, uh, when I went to this retreat, the, the guy who was speaking was Peter Herbeck, who I just adore that guy. He is so anointed. People should check him out. He's amazing. Um, but he was a speaker at this conference and there was 500 people there. And he just came right up to me after one of his talks in the middle of a crowd and just said, can I just pray with you? I just have this deep sense that God has great things for you. And I was so shocked and stunned because like I said, I was just this awkward girl that no one would notice me, you know, but, but God did. It wasn't that Peter noticed me. It was that the Holy Spirit prompted him to come to me. And when he prayed with me, I just had this deep encounter with God in a very personal way that I knew that God could see me that he understood me, that I wasn't alone, that he wasn't overlooking me, that he was listening to me. It was just kind of this very deep and powerful moment. It's hard to explain, um, but it transformed my whole life in that moment. And it wasn't that I became super holy and like prayed all the time and was on, you know, I just was like, oh my goodness, it opened up this whole different world to me. But then when I came home, you know, nobody else had changed and everything was the same and church was still boring and all of that stuff. And I was just aching to have like that retreat experience on a regular basis. But that's very hard to do when you come back home and you're just in the normal swing of life. And so just in my desire to be happy and whatever, I just was following what my friends were doing and none of them were Christians. They're very nice people, very kind people, but drinking and drugs and all of that was like a big part of how they were seeking joy and happiness. And so I, I kind of lived this double life, you know, for a while where I was like trying to find it in the faith and yet also trying to find it in worldly ways. And it wasn't until probably I was at grade 12 that I really made a serious decision to let go of the double life and give God a good chance, like a really real chance um, to change my life and to be the one thing that was going to truly last and bring me lasting joy and happiness because I, I knew that those things were fleeting and I didn't want to do those things my whole life. You know, I was like, what's the thing that's going to last? And, um, yeah, so that's when I kind of like invested a tremendous amount into my faith life and journey with God. And I joined a ministry team. We traveled around, did evangelization for, for youth ministry. I, I worked with them for four years. And then I went to Franciscan University and studied theology and religious education. It just became very clear to me that I was called into a life of ministry and serving the church and serving God's people. And, um, and that's been a tremendous gift to me, a tremendous honor uh, to be invited into that. And, and really we all are, you know, as in our baptismal call, we are all called to be missionary. We are all called to share the gospel in whatever way, whether it's, you know, in, in the work that we do in the world, um, or whatever avenue we can. So, yeah. So that's a little bit of my, of my journey. And, and it's very much ongoing. You know, I, I never feel like we arrive. We're, we're always on the journey. Some days I feel like I'm back at square one again, you know, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I've been with you Lord for so long. And yet I feel like I barely know you or I'm barely making progress here. So yeah, I think the, the older I get, the more I journey, I realize just my utter dependence on him and, um, just how much I need him. It's so comforting to hear that no matter, you know, how far along you go or maybe 
how much we think that we grow, like ultimately it comes back to that relationship and that dependence Mm -hmm. uh, and just knowing that we will never know it all and that's okay. Mm -hmm. So that's so wonderful. Now, I know that the elephant in the room, of course, is the fact (laughs) that you co-host the amazing Abiding Together podcast. And as the story goes, I remember that I had been listening to the series that you all did on the Feminine Genius. I think it was pretty early on. And Mm -hmm. I just Mm -hmm. remember thinking, they really should trademark that. That is so beautiful. And then I did a little bit of research. (laughs) And I was just like, oh, it's Pope John Paul II. And Mm -hmm. I just wanted to know where the inspiration came to start that podcast And then also Mm -hmm. just the fact that you all are spread out. Mm -hmm. How did you all come to meet each other and then start this podcast? Yeah, you know, it's a the adventure with God is truly amazing. I mean, I know that there's like some things are coincidence and some things just randomly happen in life, but there are some things that clearly God is moving and he is weaving a story together that is when we just continue to say yes, the daily yes, what he can do with that yes is absolutely unbelievable. And I never would have thought that any of this would have transpired. So first, the the way that we met, uh, Michelle and I met when we were at Franciscan University, and we were at a prayer meeting one night. It was a very vibrant, you know, school, and so a lot of people were there, whatever. And I shared something, and it just resonated with her. So she came up to me right after, and I got in my face. She's all fiery, and I was like, "Who is this girl?" Anyway, that was kind of our first encounter. And then we just started talking and kind of built a friendship. And before long, we really felt like we started, we, we needed to pray together. And so there was the two of us and one other girl there that we just kind of formed a little prayer group. And even though we had different friend groups, um, the three of us just all throughout our college years there prayed together on a regular basis and journeyed together. And even through Michelle meeting her husband, Chris, and me buying her plane ticket to fly down there and meet him and all of these things that, that we shared throughout those years, but really that was the only time that Michelle and I lived near each other was our three years at Franciscan University that we were together. And um, we've just maintained this very deep and solid relationship over the phone for a long time. And now that we have these other means with Skype and whatever, we we do that as well. So that's just been a, a wonderful gift because she's so, so different than me. She makes me laugh so much because she's so different than me. Um, but our hearts burn with such a similar fire and we really are kindred spirits. So we've journeyed together through a lot of the thick and thin of life, of kids, marriage, hardships, all the things that come along with that and our spiritual journey. But it's been an incredible encouragement to me. And then Sister Miriam, she lived in Seattle for quite a long time and she was in a convent down there. We didn't know anything about her. This was before her big speaking career really had launched, but we had a mutual friend who is Dr. Bob Schutz and he has a healing ministry, JP2 Healing Center down in Florida. And she was doing some work with him and many people who know Sister Miriam's journey. She'd been doing a lot of interior work and healing from her past and she was meeting with him. And then he said, you know, Sister uh, my friend Jake Kim is up in Abbotsford. He's close closer to you, and he's a counselor. And so she ended up coming here to meet with Jake. And in that time, I just said, hey, if she wants to hang out here, I don't know who this nun is, but she can come over. And so I just made lunch, and she came over. <laughs> we didn't know each other. And before long, we were just spilling our entire life stories to each other. It was just like a very, yeah, it was a moment that we just knew, like we were going to be friends for a long, long time. 
So this bond was created and, and then I introduced sister to Michelle and we started doing some retreats together. And then, uh, this is where the podcast started. So our mutual friend, Gene Montrastelli, who is a part of Apex, he comes up to do a lot of ministry in Vancouver. He's a wonderful guy. So we went out for lunch one day and Jake was there and Clay, Emu, and we were, we were just talking about a variety of things. And something came up about podcasting because Gene has been doing that for forever. And he said, he said, uh, you know, have you guys thought about a podcast? I said, I would really like Jake to do a podcast. I'm like, you know, pushing Jake to do a podcast. And then Gene just turned to me and he said, what about you? And I was like, what about me? And he said, what have you ever thought about doing this? And I was like, absolutely not. I'm super shy. I don't do stuff like that. Like that's not my thing. I wouldn't even know where to start. And he just said, Heather, I think you have a voice that is needed in the church. And I just had never heard anybody say that to me before. It caught me so off guard. I just, I didn't know what to say. I just looked at him like, what are you talking about? And I just said, Gina, this is not my thing. And he said, what if I did it all? What if I did all the prep work for you, all the tech things? Like, who would you do this podcast with? And I said, well, I have these two friends and we journey together all the time. This would be the most natural fit. And he said, well, why don't you think about it? And he said, um, if I did all of these other things for you, then you're going to be faced with the real reason why you're not wanting to do it. And he just like, I mean, it was like a sword right into my insecurities and my fear. And what a wonderful gift that that comment was, because it did cause me to say, oh, wow, like, what if I'm standing in the way of something that God wants to do? Just my insecurity, my fear, my belief that I don't have the gifts to do that or whatever it might be. So it just changed my openness to say, okay, Lord, do you want this to happen? Uh, maybe at first glance, it's not my thing, but but I've seen you do amazing things with the littleness that I have and the brokenness that I have. So, yep, one thing led to another, and there we were recording podcasts, and the three of us were, I mean, I, honestly, we are absolutely blown away by what's happened, and... um I don't know. I think we're in like the top 1% of all podcasts in the world. And we're just like, what is going on? And I I can't really think about that because it just feels super weird. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a gift, you know, the Holy Spirit's on it. So. Absolutely. And, and I wanted to, to touch on that too, just because like you say, like top 1% consistently at the top of lists and whatnot and having followed you guys for a while and, and, you know, following you all on Instagram and just seeing the little adventures that you go on, the different events that you speak at, when was the moment that you all realized that abiding together is just blowing up? Mm. Yeah. I don't know if there was one moment in particular, but there's been several moments along the way. Like even when we were like, Oh, maybe we should like, you know, probably start a Facebook page or whatever, you know, we like just have, oh, maybe we should start Instagram. And then all of a sudden there's like 10,000 people in a group or 20,000 followers on Instagram. And, uh, you know, we're, I think we're, we just crossed 4 million downloads. So there's these like moments where you go, oh my gosh, like I, what is going on? You know, it's a gift to be able to journey with people like this. And, you know, to be honest with you, a lot of our desire before we started this, we were always wondering, like, how can we fill some of the gaps that we experienced when we were younger and up and, and even still, you know, like we were always like, where are the women 
that are a step ahead or two steps ahead of us that can kind of show us the way that can speak from experience who have been living and journeying with God for a long time. Like, where are these women? And we just, we could never find them, you know, like maybe they were quietly in parishes or in families, but as far as like women who had some kind of platform that was visible, we were like, where are they? Where are the voices of women in the church um, who are real and vulnerable and passionate about what God is doing. And so, yeah, it was just something that we longed for. And now I see what God is doing that somehow we're being able, we're able to give, you know, to people who are a step younger than us or, you know, just in a different position than us. So certainly, yeah. And, and, you know, to echo what Jean had said to you all those years ago, like, first and foremost, every time I listen to all of you, like, I just feel like I'm right there with you all, like just having coffee and just the way that you all are able to bring us as listeners into these very intimate and sometimes difficult conversations about whether it is like femininity or being a daughter and healing and and all those wonderful things. You have a a really great radio voice, Heather. It's it's perfect. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I think that like our, our authenticity in our relationship, I think is what really captivates people. You know, it's what we all long for. We all long to be in relationship with other people where we feel seen and loved and where we can be vulnerable, where we can not be our best selves and still be loved. And that is genuinely what is happening in our relationship. And and that is something that we want to invite people into and we want to model. This is what it looks like to be vulnerable with one another. And that's been probably one of the biggest uh, gifts that the podcast has been to us is to see other people are taking these conversations that we're having and they're having their own conversations with people. And, and that's what we want. You know, that's what we, that's the kind of fruit that we want to see, because I think that's, what's going to ultimately transform people and transform their own hearts is to have that level of vulnerability and, and letting their guard down with other people and journeying into the hard questions of faith. Um, like what, what is the issues that are causing us to not grow closer to God or not let go of our old ways of life that keep us far from the loving embrace of the father? Those things can only be done in personal relationships with people. You know, I'm a big fan of going to counseling and I think it's wonderful and I think people should do that. But also I think a tremendous amount of our healing journey happens in relationships with people. So, yeah. So awesome. And like I mentioned earlier, I learned about the feminine genius through all of you. So thank you so much for illuminating that for me. But I was curious to know when you first learned about this whole concept of the feminine genius. Mm -hmm. Well, John Paul II has been a pivotal person in my life. And that started many, many years ago. But I went to World Youth Day when I was like 15 years old when he came to Denver and and also when i was a kid he came to abbotsford like little abbotsford he was in our airport i was eight years old and that that was the gathering place for when he came to the vancouver area was our city like it's so crazy that that actually happened but yeah so like my mom's friends were in the choir like it was super hilarious but he came to our city you know and of course there's impact of that there's grace from having a saint in your city, you know, but just being in his presence, as most people who were ever in his presence would say, he was so captivating. He felt like he was talking just to you. And so his messages from a very young age just wrecked me, you know, especially as, as he talks about like, don't, 
don't be ground down by mediocrity. Like those cut, he's like, raise up, like, don't be afraid. Like he was just so inspiring. Um, so anyway, that, that kind of message and just experience with him. Oh, that's my dogs barking their heads off. Um, just opened me up to listening to more of his messages. So whenever he would write something, I just wanted to read it. I wanted to read what he had to say. He's, he is a genius himself, you know? So yeah, so the feminine genius really unlocked a whole different category of understanding our own calling as women and how important. I mean, there was also a letter that JP2 wrote to women that when I read that, it was it's just called his letter to women. Um, it just made me cry because I just felt seen again. You know, I, I don't know about you, but sometimes in the church, and that's changing now a little bit more, but yeah, you don't always feel seen as a woman. You wonder what, what can my place be? Obviously not as a priest. I don't desire that. You know, I believe in the priesthood and, and how it's set up, but you know, in other ways, like how am I, how am I supposed to bring my gifts to the table? What is God calling women to do? And JP two and, and Pope Benedict and Pope Francis, they're all saying the same thing. Like women are desperately needed in the church. We need our voices to be heard. We need our presence to be felt. And we need to bring this feminine genius to every single category of not just the church, but our world that we as women are important. I think it's really devastating that in our culture, there's this talk about equality, which of course I believe in equality for, for many things, but sometimes that equality turns into we're the same as men, but we're not. It's actually the genius of one another. There is a masculine genius as well. And this feminine genius that distinguishes us, that makes us so complementary to each other. And that is a gift to the world. And so I think that as women, we have a very special calling and it is our feminine genius um, that can transform and heal the world, especially now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Everything that you said there, it just makes me think back to, you know, prior to me starting my own journey and like learning more about the feminine genius. And, and again, like having that same idea where it's like, well, you know, I'm not a great baker, so I guess I can't join Catholic Women's League. I'm not praying rosaries all day. I didn't see myself in these different stereotypes that I had maybe built up for myself on what it meant to be a Catholic woman. Once I read JP2's letter to women and then reading Mulieris Dignitatum and kind of really doing a deep dive into this, that like you, I, I just felt like, oh, like, this is what it means. And it's okay for me to be myself. And that is enough. Yes, yes, yes. I remember um, doing a, a little book study at our parish and we just have a very small parish, 250 families or something. 60 women showed up unexpectedly. I, th- I thought 15, you know, whatever, 60 women showed up and many of them I had never seen at anything before. And I started to just talk with them and build some relationship with them. And I remember one of them saying like, I just don't know if I have a place here. I don't fit in the Catholic box. And I was like, there is no Catholic box there. This box, whatever we think is just our perception. And just exactly what you're saying. I didn't think I fit in that box either. Like I didn't wear like a jean 
dress with embroidery on it. There's nothing wrong with that, but it just wasn't me. You know, like how do I bring my my gifts? Am I welcome here to bring my gifts to the table? And you're absolutely right. The answer is yes. And the diversity of women and the way that we can bring our unique selves to the table, like that's exactly what the world needs is our uniqueness. There is no one like you, Rachel. And thank God the way that you are bringing your gifts to the table is like no one else can you know, and that that's for each of us. So I think it's a wonderful thing for us to ponder, like, God, what are you calling me to do? How do you want me to bring myself, my gifts? And more importantly, the way that the Holy Spirit wants to move through those gifts, because it's not our humanness that we want to bring. It's, you know, the example of Our Lady. She was so amazing because the Holy Spirit filled her and the Holy Spirit was prompting her. The Holy Spirit was moving her and the way that she lived her feminine genius in like the receptivity, sensitivity, generosity, maternity, like those are the categories that we can dive into and go, how am I supposed to live that out in no matter what stage of life I'm in, single, married, religious? just how am I supposed to live that out more fully? And I think for those of us who are willing to do the deep dive, like you said, you know, that is going to be where we see fruit to start blooming because we're opening wide the door to the Holy Spirit to move. Absolutely. And thank you. Thank you for saying that. There is also no one like you, Heather. Oh, this is amazing. I want to turn it back to you though, and just ask, how have you seen the Spirit move through you and the Spirit move through your gifts to really bring about His glory here? Mm-hmm. I'm a big believer that God wants to use our stories, even the broken parts of our stories. As He redeems them and restores them, those become a sign of His glory. Early on, I had this image of Jesus standing before Thomas, and you know, He had His resurrected body, but He still had the wounds. And those now, like as before, they were like horrible wounds that before he resurrected, now they were signs of glory. They were signs of what the power of God could do, that he really was God, that he really is powerful, that everything he said was actually true. And I believe that that is the image that God wants us to live out of, is that our wounds too that when he brings his resurrecting power into those places, that they become a sign of his glory, that they are the story that we are supposed to share with others, not just in a you know classic testimony form, but that our whole giving is supposed to come out of those places. And that's been my own journey has gone into healing, you know, from the wounds of my brother and different family things. And different areas of, you know, in marriage that have been wounding and how God has been restoring all of those places. And it's not an easy journey, you know, and it doesn't just happen automatically. Like we have to enter into processes. And that really is the Paschal mystery, like following the life, death, resurrection of Jesus over and over and over again in our own life. But yeah, that that's where I feel like my ministry spills out of all of the places that were broken that God has redeemed. And so as I was a young girl who was lost in the darkness and afraid, you know, I, I feel incredibly called to journey with people who are in the darkness and who are afraid. And I want to help bring them into the light because I've experienced that in my own life. For people in marriages where they've had very difficult situations, as Jake and I have had um, deep, sorrowful things that have occurred in our marriage that have damaged our relationship and we had to go into another journey of healing. You know, I, I want to help people at the very least have the hope that God can heal because I didn't know that for a long time. I just thought, well, this is probably as good as it's going to get, and we're all called to carry our cross, and that's it, you know? We're just going to have to deal with it. 
yeah, we're called to carry our cross, but also God wants to heal and he has power to heal now. And he wants to do that in our, in our lives. So that's really where I feel like I'm called to bring my gifts to the table. And I've realized God has burned in me the heart of an evangelist. I want to share about Jesus with other people and I can't get away from it. And every time that I've said, I'm not doing this anymore. This is too hard. Like there's too much to, it just burns in me. And I think we all will have those places if we, if we allow ourselves to quiet our hearts enough and we go, what is burning in my heart? Like what just will not go away? I think we got to pay attention to those things. And, and that's what I've been trying. That's what I'm still doing right now as Jake and I are pursuing some new things. What is burning in our hearts? What's coming to the surface? Every year we take time to reassess, go back. What's the vision for the year? What is Jesus saying? Like, let's get quiet enough to listen to the voice of God. And everything is on the table again. If we need to chuck out certain things that we've been doing, then, then we need to do that to respond to what the Holy Spirit is doing. So That piece that you mentioned about what is the vision? What is it that burns within us? And ultimately, what is that drive that keeps us going? Because I think there are so many times where on the journey, it feels like the weight of our crosses is weighing us down. And I feel like I can't go any longer. And I'm just like, Lord, you know, just, I I can't do it anymore. I give up. And then that sense of God, like willing me forward, even Mm -hmm. if it's just kind of like, I throw my hand over the finish line and I'm just kind of dragging myself across the ground. And that's where community is really a gift as well, because the, the times that I've struggled the most and the times that, that I've been at my lowest are the times where Sister Miriam and Michelle and a few other people that are close to me have been the ones to carry me over, you know, the finish line, who have been the ones saying, get up, Heather, like, get up and don't give up. Like, you can do this and I'm going to believe it for you, even if your faith is failing right now. I'm going to believe all of God's promises for you. And so I think that's also a gift that we can bring to other people. And we we have to have that shift occur in us that it's not just about me. It's not just about my journey and how I'm following God and all the ways I'm growing in holiness, but how can I bring other people into this deep loving relationship with the Father? How am I called to do that in the most simple of ways? And sometimes in in very difficult ways, how am I called to do that? And, and that's a very important piece that I think, especially now, the state that the world is in and we're all isolated, you know, right now, still, we are called to a mission. And how is God calling us out of our normal boxes to bring that mission to the world? Absolutely. Thank you so much. I know that at the end of Abiding Together, you do a one thing. So I was Mm -hmm. wondering if you could share what your one thing is right now. My one thing right now is... I already know. It's, um, I am. I'm just looking on my phone because I don't want to get it wrong. Okay, there's a new album by Stephanie Gretzinger called Forever Amen. And uh, it just came out the other day and it's like quickly become my favorite. It's just so, I mean, Stephanie is very gifted, but sometimes she's wild, you know, and that's one of the things that a lot of people love about her. But this particular album is just so gentle, it's so deep. Uh, it's so personal and also Matt Marr is on one of these songs and it's the best that I think I've heard him in a long time so it's a it's been a huge blessing to me um, just in the quietness I'm, I'm trying to get quieter there's a lot of noise right now people online everybody sharing their hot takes on COVID and I'm like yeah I just also want to get quiet and listen to what God wants to say about all this so so yeah I love that album it's been really really good how about you what's your one thing 
Thank you for asking. Ah, uh, I don't know if other people do this too when they're listening. As you, you folks are going through it, I'm like looking at the things, but also I will also offer my one thing after the podcast is yes. ended. <laughs> That's so great. But, but for me, it's this piece of art that I will definitely share in the show notes afterwards, but it's this piece of art that I'd come across on Instagram, but it says, you've been assigned this mountain to show others that it can be moved. But I think this really struck me just because like, you know, sometimes I, I have a certain struggle or I have a certain cross and I wonder why it is that God has given it to me. And also in the many ways that I've maybe prayed through it and like, Lord, can you help me with this? And maybe he hasn't, at least in my mind, shown up. And then this really kind of wrecked me in a way where it was just, it was almost God saying that, you know, there, there is a reason for suffering and kind of like what you were mentioning earlier, there is redemption in suffering And ultimately, it might not even be for me, ultimately, like my own healing, but just the fact that if if we can give hope to other people through the sufferings that we might have encountered, um, and we can show that God ultimately is like, he has dominion over everything that happens, especially Mm -hmm. in a time like we're in right now, then that really should be good enough for me. So it, it really gave me pause and an opportunity to reevaluate maybe the different sufferings that I've had in my own life and and the sufferings that I might be encountering now and just how with patience, God will show his way and he'll show his glory. That's awesome. I love that. Rachel, I just want to say before we end, thank you for what you're bringing to the church. Thank you for bringing your gifts to the church, for starting this podcast. I'm happy to be here today, but I'm, I'm just happy to see that, that you are building the kingdom, you know, in the way that God is calling you to, and you are a gift to the church. And, and I, I just can't wait to see what else God is going to do in and through you. So thanks for having me. Thank you, Heather. Thank you for joining me. And yeah, I was just wondering if you wouldn't mind leading us in a closing prayer. Sure. Sure. In the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, once again, we just open our hearts to you. You alone are good, and you are holy, and you are the way. Help us to let go of all of the things that stand in in between us and you, and following your perfect will for our lives. I just pray, Lord, that you would burn like a passion, like a flame in our hearts, the ways that you want us to reach out to the world and bring our gifts to the table. I pray that you would bring clarity and that you would bring courage, that you would fill us with courage to follow your will and to bring our gifts to build your kingdom. Thank you for all that you do, all the blessings that you give us and who you are, and we entrust ourselves and the world to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Many thanks again to Heather Kim for joining me on the podcast today. If you can't tell, I am still very excited and just overjoyed that I've had this opportunity. And if you haven't already, please do check out Abiding Together. You can listen to Abiding Together wherever you find your podcasts. And I've left links to their website as well as their social media in the show notes. You can also learn about Life Restoration, which Heather runs with her husband, Jake, at liferestoration.ca. I've also put a link to that in the show notes. 
To learn more about the Feminine Genius Podcast, please do follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're at FemGeniusPod. And you can also check out our website, FeminineGeniusPodcast.com. You can also listen to and download this episode and all other episodes on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and beyond. We'll talk to you soon, and God bless, always.